0: G'day and welcome to The Call, 10 Stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Tuesday, the 19th of April. I'm Andrew Gagan. Great to have your company. Well, today on our show, we have Mark Gardner from Macro Capital and Gary Glover from Notice Capital. Welcome to you both. Hope you had a great Easter break. Four days off, plenty of time to consider where we're at just as far as <laughs> your investments a concern. Just before we get into it, uh, a preview of the five stocks we're going to start with. Raise, Invest, Good Drinks Australia, Woodside, Endeavour Group and Beam Communications. Um, Mark, we just heard from the RBA the minutes this morning saying faster core inflation potential and wages growth as well could mean rate hikes are coming quicker. How's that sort of influencing your investment outlook at this point?
1: Well, not really at all, to be honest, because we probably knew, we all knew it was coming. Um, yeah, look, I guess the RBA has to be a little bit more, you know, measured and not, and not raise the alarm bells too quickly, but I think, um, you know, bond yields have been telling us the story for quite a while now, so it doesn't really change the um, my, our investment thesis too much because we were largely expecting it. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it, I'd be more concerned, parts of the market it affects, uh, financials, etc., you know, there's. There's other issues at play there, you know, with potentially the, obviously the big four, the variable rates are quite low um, as they're all trying to compete and, you know, lock in their customers for, you know, the, for a period of higher rates, etc. So, you know, they, realistically, I think it, um, yeah, there's, there's, it's largely expected and mm. I, I think it's probably fairly business as usual. I think Bullard's comments last night about a potential 75, 75 basis point yeah. is that, I mean, that's... That's probably a little bit more eyebrow-raising than uh, yep. the RBA.
0: All right, Gary, does the RBA have the, the potential to surprise, do you think?
2: Surprise? Well, su- yeah. the surprise is that they've been so slow <laughs> behind every other yeah. uh, central bank in the world. So uh, almost in denial of this, uh, you know. To me, it's like a trader's got it wrong and uh, can't, can't admit <laughs> it, you know. So at some point, you've got to take your medicine and move on here. So... To me, that the interest rates are heading higher around the world, Yep, that's obvious. We've already seen a, a crunch in growth stocks already. I actually think we're only halfway there. I think really that uh, growth stocks can really uh, can get crunched a lot harder. Um, so I think, you know, you really need to be in more of sort of a, you know, quality sort of, you know, I guess history has shown that Aussie stocks have done very well compared mm. to growth stocks when, when, you, when we've gone through a growth crunch. So being in you know good uh, value type stocks in Australia, dividend payers yep. as opposed to sort of high growth stocks um, tended to perform pretty well. So I'm, I'm kind of short a few, uh, some US growth and I'm long probably Aussie value and that's uh, pretty comfortable there. It seems to be working out so far. So I reckon we're only halfway there.
0: Halfway there, all right. Well, let's uh, see whether any of these stocks that we've um, covered today uh, excites you well let's start with our stock of the day hub 24 uh, raking in 9.3 billion dollars in net inflows so far this financial year total funds under administration on the heels of 70 billion up more than 43 percent on the previous period it's also moved to uh, number one position in the annual advisor ratings financial advice landscape survey and uh, shares just ticking into on well, the more than just ticking up it's up three percent in this morning's trade. So, Gary, Hub24, what are your thoughts? So look, great result, but we are trading on
2: 55 times earnings at the moment. So we're, you know, we're, I think the consensus forecast is for like 85% growth uh, this year, and then for another 45% next year. So um, it's obviously nice to see strong growth when, you, when you're when you priced for growth. But um, to me, I sort of, it just feels like the stock is pretty highly priced here. It is kicking the goals. so that's the positive. I just feel like this is the wrong, it's a tough market here for high growth at the moment, and the stock is trading under its 50-day moving average at the moment. It's sort of, to me, sort of, it's more sort of flat and going through a bit of a sideways move. So I look at the stock there and look like, you know, probably is going to sit between 25 and 29, looks to be the trading band here at the moment. So I think based on that high multiple, um, even though it's a good result, I think it's probably, the stock's likely to be stuck here between those two two levels, so. All
0: right, when you say between 20, 25, 29, it's at 26 at the moment, so yeah. you're saying you wouldn't be buying it? You're now. close to the bottom here, so right.
2: you know, you might be sort of you a know, short-term sort of trading, you know, I think there's some stocks that are sort of range-bound and trading within the ranges, so things like, you know, Ramsey Healthcare and things like that, so. Yep. Um, but yeah, closer to $25 is probably, you know, a, a reasonable entry here, but I don't think you should be sort of looking too too long here for you know even though those good numbers it is pricing against some pretty you know some high numbers as well so i just think in this environment it's going to be stuck here mm. okay mark
1: yeah i'd echo gary's comments there look it's growth's not a it's not the most fantastic um area to be in at the moment i think the market's kind of going to provide you with some some con- pretty consistent headwinds for quite a while um look at this this is a probably one of my favoured growth stocks. Um, this say, zero ordinate sort of thing, um, but realistically, they're not a huge amount of the portfolio at the moment um, because they're. I know for, you know they're not going to they're not going to run away on you really, you know very quickly. So um, and as Gary said, a lot's got to go right. You know, eighty five percent growth and then forty five. So I mean, there is obviously you know mass exodus from that financial planning. Um, you know, a sector, and this is probably going to be one of the ways that um, you know, where basically those who are left are going to have to use a platform like this to to basically be able to manage the amount of extra clients they're going to have. So yeah. um, it's going to, you know, uh, but it's one of those things where I, I think their, their margins are relatively good at the moment, and I think once um, because obviously they were competing against the AMPs and the IWOFs of the world, and you know they, I think it was it was a comment made by Grov Sodium on the, the last time this came up on the call was that you know these guys haven't started cannibalizing each other yet within this sector so margins may get compressed over time as well so um, particularly if they' if, um, if the growth is high so yeah look but uh, I've been trying to buy this on dips and expecting it to go far lower than it has and it yeah, held up fairly well. Um, but for me, really, it's it's no, it's a it's a watch list at right. the moment. So, it's, so I mean, a bit bit overpriced at this point. Yeah. yeah. Look, it's yeah. Just, there's just too much risk. I don't know whether it's underpriced or overpriced, but that, that okay. the, being a being a growth stock at the moment, it's just the, I don't think the the market's on your side necessarily. So okay. It's always
2: it's always tough to buy the good stocks on a reasonable multiple anyway. So you always got to pay, overs <laughs> for them. I uh, just feel like it's a wrong environment. That's all at the moment. So, but you know maybe. You know, if growth gets crunched here a bit harder in the next sort of three to six months, then maybe an opportunity opens up, you know?
0: Yeah. All right. Well, look, uh, let's uh, let's stay in this space with our first uh, stock as picked by you. Uh, this one from Matt uh, it is Raise Invest. Um, well, <laughs> quite, quite different to what we've been talking about with Hub24. It has been absolutely spanked um, down around 40%. In fact, uh, I think it's uh, one of the worst performing Aussie stocks, in fact. Uh, and 7West Media pumping in a 10 million uh, split between cash and advertising in December with ads which will be potentially airing in
1: May um, Mark what are your thoughts on Raise? Uh, look I think this is you know down 40% I think this has been fairly uh, unfairly dealt with overall I think um, I'd, be, I'd be you know wrong sector but the um, I recently had Acorns sort of, which used to be their parent company just had a uh, $200 to $300 million cap raise which valued them at around about $2 billion um, and they've got a pretty horrible cash burn whereas RAISE on the same business model here um, essentially is cash flow positive um, and I think they've got I think $1.1 or so billion under management whereas Acorns has got three, well, only $3 billion. Um, They've got about a twentieth, uh, sorry, twenty percent of the um, of the customer base, with obviously a much larger population over there in the states. Um, but they're trading at five percent comparable market cap. So look, it's um, at ninety-one percent, uh, sorry, ninety-one million market cap at d- these prices, um, and the geographical distribution that obviously raise would give um, a company like Acorns. I, I would, I would have thought it would be a fairly fairly obvious takeover target um mm. there's plans for acorns to to list on nasdaq um in the next year so um look and they are ticking all the boxes their their growth and expansions in asia which i think suits their demographic um a fair bit better i think the first world countries raise might struggle a, a little bit because we've got a plethora of uh, investment options but um but they're doing great things um and yeah the i think that uh, seven west media i was speaking to brenda malone the ceo this morning just to um, Get his insight, and he was basically mm. saying that that advertising campaign kicks off in the start of the month uh, next month. So, um, and look, awareness I think for the product is probably um, you know it's it's a great thing for young people. I've made I've had my kids sign up to it as well, and okay. and things like that. I think it's great for financial literacy. So yeah, look, I, I'm going to say it's a speculative buy. Um, but, it, you know, it realistically, again, it's it's going to be, it could be hard-pressed, but down 40% on the year, mm. and, and that having a, that comparable, um, you know, like-for-like company valuation being vastly, vastly different from here to the States, Yeah, I think there's probably some value here in Rose.
0: Some value with a specky buy from Mark Gary. Um, yeah, look, that growth in Australia obviously been disappointing, but Asia's looking pretty good for them.
2: Yeah, it looks funny. I thought, you know, after writing my notes here at the bottom, I've circled. Some value here because uh, we basically got what like a 91 mil market cap mm. uh, half year revenue what eight eight point seven mil so we're r- roughly trading on less than five times revenue um, the issue we've got here with this company is that the loss has grown from like 2.2 2 mil previously year to 3 point2 so losses are growing but I mean in terms of funds under management in terms of customers in terms of uh, active customers they're growing you know, pretty strongly so they're, they're growing like two or three percent every month so up 70% on the year. Um, Yeah, so I mean really, you know, it's I guess you're kind of spending it. Sometimes I guess the market has been well, last year was less worried about um, profit and um, more worried about revenue growth. Whereas this year everyone's more worried about profit Mm. and uh, less worried about sort of the growth there. So that's the negative there for raise but I think the stock's really down pretty hard here. Uh, Definitely some heaps of value here. It's just, look, the stock's trending down so Technically, I couldn't buy it here, but it is starting to look oversold to me, so I, I kind of agree. I think it is a bit of a spec you buy here. Um, Seven West got the 6.6% stake. So if you actually look at the, you know, the fundamentals of the business, it's, it's growing quite nicely. It's just obviously coming at a cost uh, to try and win those customers on base there, but you know, we're now at a size uh, you know, a billion dollars under management here. This is sort you know, this is all sort of lots it's of not, small money, you know. So it's not small yeah. and that seven <laughs> west was a yeah. dollar sixty
1: uh, like investment there. Yeah. So we're yeah. ninety somewhere in the nineties, high nineties. So yeah. when I, it was only like that was only November, so and I don't think you know, the business hasn't hasn't changed a hell of a lot in no, that no. time. So mm. um, if anything now, like I said, with a potential um, you know, parent company looking at you know, with a, with a with some deep pockets now with two two hundred three hundred million in their you know in their arsenal, well, you know, kind of two, put two and two together, so it, um, it may it may turn out that they're, they're just very, very cheap here. So
0: All right. So that is a spiky buy from both on rays. All right. Time for a drink. Good drinks Australia. Uh, Lachlan wanting wanted to know a bit. This one, um, very popular out west. It has got their uh, Gauge Roads venue in in WA with its associated drinks. Um, in fact, it's also recently signed a partnership with uh, CNC International. That's under that name Magna, which is, uh, I think, an Irish cider that they're going to be selling here. Gary? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the, the only
2: brand I really knew, actually, was the Magna sort of uh, cider. Mm. Um, a lot of the other Aussie brands there are sort of uh, kind of foreign to me. Um, you haven't been out west recently then? Not out west. I do have sort yeah. of... Uh, uh, well I might get myself in trouble there but older teens who are, um, <laughs> but I just don't understand, I don't look at these brands here but I don't I, to me like the market cap's 98 mil um, it's the, the plus is that at least it's 20, 20% held by insiders so there's a, there's a fair, amount of, um, fair amount of skin in the game by the founders things like that. so that's a plus to me I, I just not um, you know I just I don't know any of these brands here so there's just the, the only deal I saw that sort of made sense to me was the partnership was, was with Wagner's there, but we're still on about 29, 30 times, 22 earnings and about 18, 19 times. Um, but so the, it's a pretty competitive space there. There's, there's lots of um, parties in this sort of brewing, sort of micro brewing area. So just, yeah, the fact that it's not too liquid to me, it's pretty hard to trade the stock as well. So it's just not sort of what, something I'd go for. I mean, I, I, I much prefer Endeavour. If are looking for a drinks company,
0: well, funny you should say that. We are going to be looking at Endeavour shortly. Um, so, Mark, your
1: thoughts then? Yeah, look, um, I probably have to wait till management fulfills, you know, the promises. Um, they did have 40% growth in revenue last year. Um, very high PE. Acquisitions have been relatively positive, but there's there's a, a massive amount of competition in this space. Um, and you know, it's it's what I would regard as a pretty crowded market. So it's and it and at the moment where it stands it's sort of it's it has really sharp spikes and then really sharp declines in this stock. Uh, you know, if you're looking at the charts and at the moment it's kind of mid range. So I to be honest i I really don't see necessarily any any value in taking the risk on it overall. So um Look, it's a burgeoning industry, but yeah, look, I, I I would have preferred, you know, as Gary said, something like Endeavour or, because um, I'm probably looking at you know stocks with a with a bit more margin of safety than something like um, than something like this or, or even United Malt Group, um, which supplies to you know all of these, these hundreds or nearly thousands of uh, of competing. Um, Competing companies in this space, so it uh, which which is a reasonable value at the moment, and some decent cornerstone shareholders as well. So, look, it's not not a, not necessarily a, a reflection on the company, but mm. I would probably want it towards the bottom of the range, or some, you know, maybe watch watch and uh, and see what the next earnings report brings, and see if um, if if management can uh, can deliver on those forecasts.
0: Okay, that's Good Drinks Australia. Let's move on to Woodside, and uh, in fact, um, Dennis wanted to know about this one. Um, he's saying shareholders could arbitrage their shares by selling all buy and buying BHP shares. He suggested you could effectively make an extra ten dollars a share on your Woodside holding. Can you explain the numbers? Can you achieve this, Mark? Of course, a couple of issues at play here, given it's absorbing those um, BHP assets plus of course just what we're seeing in the oil and gas space at the moment
1: yeah look you know the arbitrage thing is not you know i'm I'm not going to particularly comment on that necessarily which might be disappointing for the viewer but i mean but for both of them for mine at the moment i mean if you you include the last you know in the last nine months bhp's have taken dividends out it's nearly at 60. dollars. woodside's also extraordinarily high as well um i i don't think i can buy um either either of them up here at the moment um we're well, getting stocks do do well in inflationary environments um obviously the key is here whether we're going to get stagflation or we you know it's going to be just inflation so in which case you know that that doesn't necessarily play out um at the moment, I switched our clients out of um, out of Woodside probably a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago into uh, the BetaShares Triple O Oil ETF. Um, essentially, the oil, the oil price had pulled back, you know, fairly considerably, about 25% or more from those highs, and um, Woodside really hadn't budged too much. So um, until you know, and, and basically, I'm pretty happy to be in that um, mm. in that for the time being until those oil prices sort of get. You know, mate, I dare say, probably get round, back up around the, the mid-teens again, and then possibly, you know, just be exiting that um, the oil ETF, and then having a look if trying uh, to try and buy Woodside a little bit cheaper. But yeah, look, the, as far as the arbitrage goes, I'm, you know, it's not. Um, I think it's it's overly complicated way of of looking at things, and you know, 10% realistically. You'd have to be doing it in some fairly significant size and make sure you get your get your trades right to um, to pull that off. So yeah, I, I I'd probably just be um, looking at the stocks as, as individuals. And I, like I said, I think that triple O is up quite a bit today. You know, that trade's really not there anymore. But I'm sort of a little bit more from the the point of view of maybe trimming some of these um some of these companies that have had these really really like, heavy runs to the upside, so... Well, specifically in the energy space, too. Uh, yeah, look, I'd, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, oil came back, you know, nearly 30% from its highs, and Woodside really hasn't come back a hell of a lot, so... Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there'll be... I think there'll be another opportunity at some stage before now, and when they report again, to uh, to probably get back in cheaper, so...
0: Yep, all right. So, certainly not at these levels then. Gary? Yeah, I
2: agree with Mark 100%. I'd be trimming both these posies here, so they're both... I mean, it's... it's difficult to buy either of these companies here where they are at the moment. So, um, yeah, so I know that, you know, there's a, obviously this, I just think this thematic is run and run and run. So you're, you've seen with commodities here in the last sort of 12, 30 months, they, they can get hot and then they can get even hotter. But once they cool, they, they cool pretty quickly and then the, the share price can really duck off pretty hard. So I just think there's some risk here with these sort of, these, both these sort of sectors are currently pretty hot um, definitely not the time to be jumping in, in my opinion. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be lightning off here, both of those. D- does
0: stuff. that also, just given that uncertainty we're seeing out of Ukraine and how that's likely, um, well, what, the, what the end game is there, is that, that concern you as to the timing of oh, that?
2: Look, I think that's just noise. I think uh, if we look through the commodities basket there, and I've probably been saying this for the last 12, 18 months, is that you've seen actually not the whole basket has been running together you've seen sort of within within the commodities basket, you know, you've seen oil have a run and then it cooled off. You even saw, you know, lithium prices run and then it cooled off for quite a period as well and then they've run again. So mm. um, I think you're actually sort of probably needing to look at the commodity which has probably cooled off here. Um, so the, the two that actually come up last week as probably the biggest movers last week was, was gold and uranium stocks. Mm. And yet they were probably, they'd cooled off a month earlier were probably totally out of favour. So. I'd be careful about chasing the hottest uh, commodity in town because I think you've probably you know got some high risk there I'll be looking at the ones that probably that haven't run as much or that maybe just starting to turn upwards rather than having run pretty hot here
0: okay yeah. all right that is woodside uh let's uh let's have another drink shall we we'll go back to endeavor group we just mentioned this of course uh Layla wanting to know about this um gary i guess when you you've already said you like endeavor and yeah. well it has around what 40 percent market share at the moment i mean that's obviously significant so, yeah. so what's the upside here then
2: well i mean i much as i love this stock i'm i'm long pa i got clients uh with endeavor as well i think it's actually i mean the stock's up almost 30 percent from its lows here what three months ago so that's a fair it's a fair run so we're getting up around 27 and a half times um 22 numbers and about 26 times 23 numbers. So, um, I know, so look, look for the brokers there. We've still got, you know, four strong buys, sort of roughly five holds and a few sort of soft sells and a few moderate buys, but um, look, great company. I think any, any weakness is a sort of stock to be looking at, but um, it, it is not cheap right now. Um, I actually been writing a few cover calls over the stockies, I think it's probably uh, it's it's just getting a little stretch for price here, but definitely a stock I'd be looking at if I saw price cool off.
0: Out to what level?
2: Oh, back into the, back towards seven, I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: Mark, what are your thoughts then?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Gary and I must be singing from the same songbook today. Um, yeah, I've got to here, prefer it closer to $7, basically. Okay. Um, yeah, it is. It's a it's a high quality company, but PE's you know compared to sectors is pretty elevated. Um, and we're pretty much with as far as those analyst ratings go, we're we're basically about I think the consent we're about five percent through the consensus price here at the moment uh, where it's trading. Um, yet, we're you know we've got we've got a lot of upcoming uncertainty um, with interest rates, etc. It doesn't pay enough dividend yield for for it to be one of those. Um, you know for what to be to be value up here at um around the uh you know seven high sevens to eight so i'd be yeah i'd much prefer it down around seven dollar range um but look you know they've probably done very well out of sort of a few acquisitions there was a few hospitality assets going fairly cheap over that covid period and um and I think, you know, they'll perform pretty well over time. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's yeah it's a little bit too high for me to be buying up here. So I suppose you could you'd hold them if you I wouldn't necessarily have, you wouldn't have to sell them, but it'd be at best to hold at the moment. So.
0: Yep. Okay. That's in deba Both like it, but perhaps not at these levels then.
1: All right. Our
0: fifth stock is Beam Communications. Rob wanted to know about this. Um, their uh, satellite alert unit, Zolio, is getting uh, consistently great reviews. This essentially is uh, connects phones and tablets with uh, global messaging, um, has a from mobile coverage zones. Um, users can message over, I think, satellite, um, mobile phones, Wi-Fi. Mark, I, I don't know a lot about Beam, but what, what are your well, thoughts?
1: Well, neither, neither did I until I sort of had a bit of a look into it today. Mm-hmm. Um, Been around a while though, look they've um, had a pretty simple business model prior, Um, I think it was uh, Iridium uh, that they were manufacturing satellite phones Um, and look this is their first sort of foray um, into doing their own thing Um, and the device seems to be, you know, seems to be, it'll fill a a certain gap in the market, Um, there's not too many other things out there like it necessarily, so um, it's a really, really small company. Though, um, I mean, they're, they're they're getting great reviews, but I think they've still only got about two thousand subscribers overall, um, and they, you know, their profits or their NPAT increased by well, it was an impressive forty percent last year. It was only three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, this is not an end of the market r- realistically that I want to be playing into the moment. It's um, it's fairly thin. Um, I think you know, there's I, I'm I'm sort of more a little bit more focused on that. You know value uh consistent and track uh, performance with the track record rather than sort of rolling the dice on something something that's new and look if the if the product ends up working that will you know fantastic you maybe get on get on it with momentum but overall yeah it's just it's it's really really small and i want to say consistent subscriber growth for that um zolio um device before i um before i started investing any money but then. Yeah, look, they've, yeah, and and also the management's ability to deliver, um, you know, their own product and uh, get out there and market it.
0: There's been a bit of movement just in the past twelve months with that share price, but um, obviously, sort of peaking around fifty-seven, back down in the thirties now. I mean, where are you seeing that at the moment?
1: Oh, uh, look, it's you know, if you if you're super keen on it, I mean, it has got low debt, it's generating revenue, you know, maybe a small allocation, but, um, but look, it's not, it's certainly not. It's certainly not sort of uh, making it into any of our filters at the moment for yeah. stuff that we're um, stuff that we've, we've, we're showing favour to. So.
0: If you do hold the stock, are you sticking oh, in? Oh, look, I hold it. If, you, yeah. if
1: you're interested enough to have owned it, then then fine, it's a hold. But yeah. it, um, yeah, it's certainly not um, something I'll be looking at for new investors. So
0: it feels like I'm pushing you there, but you've given us some. No, no, yeah.
1: <laughs> <but>
2: <laughs> Gary. Yeah, it's actually one that I didn't know. So actually, we're having a closer look at it. Um, it was actually... Yeah, you know, I I saw a bit of value there just because the market cap's about twenty nine mil. Mm. So the half year revenue was what last last half year was twelve and a half mil, so just say we go twenty four. So we're only trading about one and one and a bit times revenue. So that's pretty low. And that normally you'd be seeing a massive hole in the P and L there, but um but NPAT was uh what yeah, three eighty eight or something like that. So yeah. so it's sort of small profit there. So that's sort of interesting there. Um Actually looked up the product, had a, watched a few videos on it. Thought, Pretty interesting segment here. Mm. I'm not sure if it's a big enough segment to actually um, to get um, mass you know usage, but definitely sort of yeah ha- had some reasonable growth. The Zolio product, the subscriptions, is interesting as well. So look, the, the, there's actually a reasonable sort of take up there. Seems like they've got the number one sat phone, obviously in Australia here. Um, I think it's like under the little Telstra stores is what we are selling it through as well. So, yeah, interesting, uh, not expensive, S- speculative, yeah, but I think uh, the company's heading the right way. It's probably one of those ones I just sort of thought I'd put on my radar, actually, just put on my watch list and keep an eye on there, because, um, but, yeah, I'm just I've, my big concern was there was how many people have, would use these sat phones, and I guess it's, um, unless you're sort of going off-road for a month. But I, I did look up the plans, and the plans weren't that expensive. It was mm-hmm. like a normal phone plan to actually get, like, a satellite phone and, Usually you have it with it's like a a pack you take out with you with your phone. So yeah, if you're someone, who's the target market then? Well, people who are actually probably um, who are outside the normal, um, you know, if if you're mining, you might be outside of in a in a satellite area. Um, If you're a traveller, if you're on boats, so uh, you know, lots more of us now are actually getting you know further out into the in the outback and Mm. actually going going you know travelling and where you know, people are running out there, all sorts of stuff. They're sailing out there, so it's that that sort of market is growing. That sort of inter, you know what do you call it, entertainment or business. Or so in the past, see, it's sort of you're getting a your phone range in those really um, out of range areas was difficult. Whereas this is sort of probably more of a you know reasonably inexpensive means of actually getting you know really good satellite coverage um, in the middle of nowhere. So you can pretty much go anywhere and get coverage. So I don't know. It's, it's the the phones are getting better and better, so I wonder how. But but then I realise that people are, are venturing further and further into these, you know, areas. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Look, the, the sales numbers are growing, so there's obviously a market there for it. It's I don't know. Look, if, if I was sort of going sailing for three months, it might be something I'd buy, um, just so I get satellite. And you know, so not that I'd go sailing, but if I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, it sounds attractive, um, yeah. but particularly in a country like Australia where it's just yeah. so sparse, particularly when you're trying to yeah. get some coverage, yeah, that would be appropriate. But I guess to Mark's point, you've only got 2,000 subscribers. Yes. How many more are yeah, out that's there right. that, that uh, you know, yeah. the potential? All right. Um, so that is on your watch list there, Gary. All let right, right. Uh, we've been through the five. Let's uh, get a recap then of where we've been. We began with our stock of the day. That's Hub24. Um, Gary's saying, you know, strong growth. Um, Highly priced there, but potential buy. Mark, um, seeing good margins. He said buying on dips is the way to go there. Our first stock, as mentioned by you, was Raze, um, which has been heavily sold off just recently. Mark saying perhaps unfairly dealt with. Uh, specky buy, also a specky buy there from, from Gary. Um, good Drinks Australia. Uh, this is uh, out west. Um Gary say good sign the founders are heavily invested there, but it's a no for him at this point. Uh Mark saying very high PE, but it is a crowded market. He's watching that one. Woodside, we know what it does. Oil and gas. Um Mark saying not a buy at these levels. Uh, he's more interested in the triple O uh oil ETF. He's got that instead, and Gary essentially trimming at these levels. Endeavour Group back in the uh, drinks space there. Um, Gary saying not cheap at these levels. He's got a seven dollar buy target on it, as does Mark. He's got a hold on Endeavour at this point. And finally, the Beam Communications, uh, both finding it an interesting space. Although, as Mark points out, they're a very small company. He's got a small, he'd have a small allocation or perhaps a, a hold on it. And it's on Gary's watch list. All right, just a reminder, the call is tracking our own uh, high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of that committee meeting is live for you to watch on Ausbiz.com. So let's have a check up with the portfolio. JB Hi-Fi, Promedicus, Linus, Instantec Pivot. They were added to the fund this month, joining the original stocks. And 20% is held in cash at this point. So far, our fund is up just less than half percent on a cumulative return basis since its inception at the beginning of March. So keep sending your requests in and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at
2: Pro accounts at our website
0: preview our second half of the show we're gonna be looking at Megaport, Hearts and Minds Investments, Adairs, Bowen Coking Coal and Somerset Group let's uh, begin then with Megaport Mandy wanting to know about this one Um, and in fact it's seen its share price plunge uh, so far since the beginning of the the year I think it's off around 27% essentially it's all about it's a, well, it's a network, it's a service provider. It's all about sort of migrating, I guess, to the cloud. Gary, what are your thoughts on Megaport?
2: Yeah, look, it's a great space there. But, um, yeah, the, the problem with this company here is that it's, um, you know, it doesn't make any money and hasn't made any money for, well, I guess since inception here. The good news is that uh, it's losing less and less money every year. <laughs> so the losses are getting sort of smaller. But we're still, you know, 22, 23 still expected to be uh, negative, um, uh, more negative earnings per share so it's just a tough environment here if we're you know, talking about you know you know the, the growth the growth stocks are under under the pump at the moment um, you know interest rates and everything ahead of us here um, is going to put these stocks under more pressure so well, i still think megaport can, can trade low even though it's down considerably it's probably it's almost off what 40 odd percent from its highs here uh, just don't like this segment here. Look, it looks probably oversold, um, but I can't. I just think this is going to be under pressure here for at least the next sort of th- three to six months here. So, uh, it's a no for me. But yeah, look, it's it's heading in the right, right right direction. I just think the market uh, is very concerned about companies now that don't make yeah you know, don't mm. make profit. It's you know, w- less so a couple of years ago, everyone was happy he- happy to buy these uh, high multiple companies as long as they were growing, their revenue line. That was all they were, all they had to see. That, that, that only lasts so long. So, you know, NPL is going to take a couple of years to be profitable there. So, um, yeah. But it look, it's one that probably, I think, if it gets a bit more of a hiding here in the next three to six months, it's probably
0: one that I might look at. Mm. Okay, already have a significant hiding. So I guess it depends
2: on how <laughs> far you want to, <laughs> want to go. Well, uh, there's a really good stat there on sort of these sort of highest growth stocks there and um, is that uh, 50%, well, sorry, 80% of them have a 50% decline. And 50% can can have an 80% decline. Okay, so it's the old 50-80 rule. For these yeah. high-growth sort of the stocks that really what we to as sort of market-leading sort of stocks. Mm. Um, so yeah, a lot of people thinking you oh, know, 40% pretty decent. Well, I'd, I'd argue maybe maybe not. I think you'll see a bit more.
0: Okay, all right, Mark. Yeah. Wondering if you agree then. Uh, because, you know, I guess it's those our filters with growth stocks. They're much more rigorous now, aren't they?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, this time last year, you know, rising tide. Floated all boats and, and look, this is just not, you know, something like Next DC would probably be, I mean, look, they're not like for like businesses, but they're, I guess they're in the same space, um, would be, I guess would be my preference, but I just don't, at this point in time, with um, what's coming up over the next six to 12 months, um, it's just not, it's just not a space you need to be taking the risk in. Um, look, it may it may stabilize here of 40%, but a lot of these growth stocks, you know, the top, you can almost put your hand over the top of the chart and just what like they, were, they were 25%, you know, minimum overbought on the, you know, so, yeah, it's pulled back 40% from its highs, but it probably shouldn't have been up at those highs in the first place, in, in all reality. So, look, at no, you know, I don't mind the company, I don't mind the product. Um, I think it's a, you know, like the fact is that they are, they're moving ahead, they're, they're losing less, as Gary said. Um mm. But, you know, they're not making money is the is the main point. And yeah. the way, you know, the way the market is at the moment, it's just it's really not a space where you where you need to be risking your money. Um, you know, you, you want to be you want to be looking at something like this when, you know, where when they're either seriously, seriously beaten down or, you know, it's turning the conditions are turning back in your favor. But until that point, um, there's so many other stocks on the ASX you can you can put your money into. So... Yeah, just it'd be just on the watch list for me at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, it's taken a big hiding. So if you've got it, I'd probably just be holding it with a tight stop below, um, probably below ten dollars, um, yep. and just you know keep an eye on those market updates um, and earnings reports, et cetera. And if you know if it turns around profitable, then maybe hmm. it's worth a nibble again.
0: Okay, all right, make a port to Hearts and Minds Investments. You've got to love that name. Uh, Anatoly wanting to know about this one Uh, he's saying it's an LRC but the way the portfolio is constructed is odd he finds seems to be an aggregation of other funds highest conviction picks he wants to know uh, where he says he likes that its profits go to supporting charity and medical research but he's not sure how good uh, of investment is
1: is Um, so Mark what, what do you make of this one yeah, this is this comes out of that Song Conference. Um, the top, you know, the top fund managers basically put to have a conference and they put together their best ideas. It sort of forms an ETF or an LIC. Um, and look, it's it's not bad for long-term players. Um, you've obviously got that, you know, it's got the, the warm and fuzzy uh, name, hearts and minds. And mm. um, you know, I mean, you you can look at it another way and go, well, you know, I mean, you could maybe invest in something that pays a great dividend and donate the franking credits, like it, um I don't think it should, you know the, the almost emotional blackmail part of uh, the way they run it is uh, necessarily should dictate your investment decisions because you know you can obviously make, make make money on another stock pick somewhere else and donate some of that to charity so um, but look it's an interesting idea um, it's you know it's it's nice that they do um, they, I think it's low management fees and a lot of it gets donated you know a lot of the profits get donated to charity etc but um, it's had a pretty hard time of it recently. Um, look, I, I my preference would be find something better to invest in, and and you know, uh, f- from a personal standpoint, go and you know take your pick of how much you want to donate to charity and mm. get the tax credit for yourself. So, um, but yeah, look, nice idea. So,
0: emotional blackmail. Uh, <laughs> tell us as it is. Uh, yeah, Gary. In fact, Anatoly saying, "Am I just better off investing elsewhere and donating to charity?" So it's the wrong time for the stock.
2: So basically it's uh, 25 to 35 of the best sort of um, ideas, sort of. It's a concentrated portfolio and generally sort of around what all the fund managers sort of view as being the, the best growth stocks. Um, so its growth got crunched. It's down what, I think its performance is down 12.5% this year. Uh, look, it's generally pretty good. L- longer term, I think it's averaged doing 11.3% over a three year basis. So just, um, normal type performance, but it is sort of a, you know, it's a high conviction sort of concentrated growth fund. So if you think growth is going to get crunched like I do, then uh, there's no way I'd be in this sector. Mm. So, uh, but if I thought growth had sort of uh, got beaten up pretty badly, it's just, you know, so the Nasdaq's off another 20-30% over the next three four months, then might be something that I might look to position in for that bouncing growth. You know, but I wouldn't be buying this until I've I really want it to be a uh, long growth and at the moment I, I wouldn't
0: be in that sector okay all right that's hearts and minds perhaps you don't have your doesn't <laughs> capture your hearts and minds in that regard then uh, all right let's move on Adairs it is the furniture and homewares uh, retailer Alan wanted to know about this one uh saying they've recently made two acquisitions seem to have had a good start to the year with a gross up dividend nine percent uh is it a good buy at current prices Gary
2: could be, could be. Actually, it's not expensive here. So um, PE is around sort of what, 12 and a half, sort of 13 times, I think. If we look forward on uh, 22 numbers, we're probably on about nine and a half times and and seven and a half times on 23 numbers. So looks really cheap here. But the issue you've got is that um, Adair's traded up big last year sort of uh, with lockdowns. So the numbers are going to be... Um, you know we're trading against really high numbers this year, so we're basically the results going to be like I think they're forecasting to be down 22% for the year compared to those odd numbers. So prices come back on the back of that. Also, you know interest rates coming, you know our taxes rising is you know uh, all the free money that the governments are handing out that's all going to dry up as well. So just there's a little bit of uh, concern about the discretionary sector, which mm. is this obviously part of so. That's one of the reasons why it has sort of come off here. So may not be in the right sector here um, at the moment, um, but I think it is a great company. I think um, yeah, you know, yeah, I think it's pretty solid here. Uh, the yield's pretty attractive. The PE is not demanding at all. Looking forward through the noise here, <coughs> I don't think it's expensive as well. So um, I just thought maybe it might come back at you know m- maybe closer to 260. Um, Just, just trending down at the moment, so might come a little bit lower here. Just think it's uh, you know trading in the in the wrong sector currently. But um, yeah, I think if you look forward a couple of years, here it's definitely not expensive. Here could could be a good buyer in those sort of mid twos. Yeah.
0: All right, Mark. Yeah, as Gary points out, there obviously in that discretionary sector, which is under pressure now, isn't it? Given where rates and inflation are going.
1: Yeah. Look. you know, I, I like this one as well. I probably prefer Nick Scarley just being founder-led, um, and its track record, with really consistent returns over a long period of time. Um, look, one thing I think people are underestimating. Obviously, you had that COVID push, but um, you know, for the floods on the east coast. <laughs> both of those companies have a lot of a lot of stores up and down the east coast. I mean, you know, there's there's been a hell of a lot of damage, and the insurance company's paying the bills. So, like. First thing you're going to get, you know, I would have thought you're going to go and buy a better couch on a TV, mm. so, um, and there's, you know, I drove back down the, the East Coast a couple of weeks ago and, you know, there's plenty of stuff out on the street, so I think that might, obviously that's a very, very, it's a short-term push to sales, um, but they've also, you know, obviously had all their stores reopening now as well, um, it's, it's I think that consumer discretionary sector obviously I think I think it's kind of already taken the hit to be honest they've got super attractive yields super attractive by uh, like, you know uh, PE ratios um, they, they represent pretty good, decent value and, and great dividend yields at the moment so um, and, and I think they've kind of already taken the hit so I'd be pretty happy to buy you know probably these guys or Nick Scarly um, because they, you know that dividend yield is fantastic um, and you know it's there's a there's a margin of safety I think there's the um, the pullback in sales has been well telegraphed uh, to the market um, I think it's a bit largely priced in I can really only see them probably surprising to the upside analyst forecast for both Nick Sca and Adairs, is is significantly higher 30 to 40 percent higher in the price I don't know you know they're they're from the last earnings reports so, um, so they're yeah, I think I think they represent you know pretty decent value here in the moment that's what that's the sort of stuff you're looking for at the moment you know people with a good track record and consistent returns and good dividend yields so mm. um, <laughs> I think they're fairly cheap here
0: okay but but Nick Scully is your preference then yeah, yeah look I'm I'd, I'd yeah. happy
1: to buy either because I think Adair's has come back in the in recent you know in the recent couple of weeks has come back a bit but yeah but I think um, people aren't going to stop buying couches so it, um, yeah, just yeah, well,
0: particularly when you say so many people are having to rebuild their lives at the moment on the East Coast because of those floods. Yeah, yeah. and,
1: and, and both, both of them have got, probably Adairs is where the flood damage has been, has been the most significant. Adairs has the most location, so they're probably going to benefit maybe mm. from the spike in sales for that. But, you know, it's um, you know, billions of dollars worth of damage, so, yep. and, and, uh, and someone else is paying so, in most of the cases.
0: All right, let's move on to Bowen coking coal. Dale, wanting to know about this, wondering if uh, you could uh, get your thoughts on, we will obviously self-explanatory about uh, what it does. Although it has recently received uh, a Queensland environmental approval for its Isaac River mine in the Bowen Basin. So that's critical. Mark, it is a fascinating space because you see the short-term benefits obviously Mm. uh, with what's going on in coal, but longer term we know what the thematic is? Yeah. So, how do you play this one then?
1: Uh, look, it, it's um, from a company point of view and fundamentals, earnings, and um, relative valuation. It's it's pretty pretty lofty here at the moment. But obviously, you've got to take into account that it's not 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 too many coal mines getting approved uh, going forward, um, if any at all. So, it's, at this point in time, they you know they're probably. Some of the last—it's one of the one of the last companies to be let through the um, you know let through the door, I suppose. Um, there's going to be a lack of producers in future. I, I probably would again prefer to be playing in the um, in the big end of town, even though you know Whitehaven and and those guys are, um, are pretty elevated as well. But um, but yeah, look, it's it's too expensive for mine at the moment. Um, it might be worth it might be worth a try say you know below 30 cents or something like that but but yeah there wasn't um you know technical momentum is obviously enormous here at the moment but yeah the company didn't impress me greatly um you know then their net income's been declining for you know about five years straight so yeah it's probably a little bit too much risk for mine at the moment but um yeah, that but that coal thematic. I think that's the reason they're getting a little bit carried away on that. Is they? You know, I think everyone knows that you know there's not, you know, the the last of the people producing coal are going to make a fair bit of money. And mm. if they just, I guess, if they stick to that and pay out good dividends, then great. Um, yeah, I'd be, be more focused on the larger caps firm at the moment. So um, I, don't, I don't really want to be getting involved in the speculative end necessarily.
0: If you do hold it, do you stick with it? I look, yeah, probably run a trailing
1: stop for the moment. I I, I would say, Um, say a ten to fifteen percent trailing stop on the stock. um, You've had a really great run, so, um, and I think that you know, I think for to turn around fifteen, you know, fifteen to twenty percent, say, would probably something would have had to have gone wrong. I dare say, looking at the trend in their earnings, um, (laughs) it's probably going to be the next earnings season. So, yeah, that's how I'd probably play it if you held it.
2: Okay, Gary. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Mark there. I mean, sort of, obviously, you know, coal's pretty hot. Um, look, I, I, I was more like, I'd be more likely to buy uh, New Hope and Whitehaven, which, which I did, but I, I've sold way too early. They've, they've continued to <laughs> right. run a, a lot further than I've imagined they would. Um, so that is there, just be careful with Bowen Coal. But at the end of the day, there's not too many c- good coal assets out there. I think the uh, EA approval there in March is pretty, uh, is, is a big plus for uh, this company. Um, and um, you know phew, maybe 80 percent of most of the coal assets in Australia have, have been bid for over time here. So if it's reasonable quality, got approval here. It's uh, yeah, it's a, you you're a great chance of being taken out here. So um, yeah, so look, I guess you know I can't buy it. I, I see it's got about twenty percent held by insiders so it's nice, and um, the founders have got a, some reasonable skin in the game. But uh, yeah, just too much risk for me personally, just being that sort of small cap um, and the fact that coal has run you know, extremely hot, mm. um, but, um, but yeah, there's no reason why this can't keep running as well.
0: All right. So you hold it if you got it. Yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Mike, I'd be probably running a little stop there. on and then this just keeps sliding up, hopefully, but it keeps running like the other coal stocks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, so you up,
0: mentioned yeah. uh, New Hope and yeah. Whitehaven and yeah. lamenting the fact that you sold out too early, but. Yeah. Uh, so so you feel as though you, would you be happy to, to continue holding those or would that no, start I've,
2: start trimming yeah i think they're sort of uh getting the risky you know they're getting the pointy end here i've had a incredible run here so we've just seen with the commodities here in the last sort of 12 to 18 months they they really can get hot and um, market can really get uh too carried away and then when you see the corrections the corrections aren't sort of small corrections with commodities they, they they're, they're very v-shaped you know so they can get really hot and they can cool off right away i mean you saw sort of lithium Stocks there come off about 30, 40% after that initial peak. But oh. then I know they've gone back up again, but I don't want to be the one to sit through the 40, 50% drawdown and then having to, oh, yeah, that's a big fine longer term. I don't, want my, I don't want to see my portfolio down 40, 50%. Mm. Yeah, so
1: had, yeah. 35, 40% ranges yeah. in some of those lithium stocks. Yeah. Yeah. But at, like, at the buy side, the sell side, and then back on the buy side again. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, but, And that's over about a month and a half. It's like that's that, There's some huge, huge swings, like the pendulum... Yeah. In those stocks is swinging way too far either side i mean the yeah. reality is probably somewhere in the middle um but yeah i mean to, to gary's point about selling white haven um, you know too early that's why i mentioned trailing stop because some i've done something similar you know like mm-hmm. I, if i wish i'd run a trailing stop saying would in those in those two bigger miners because i'd better, i'd have been a hell of a lot better off yeah. so you know it um it, that's you know i'd be that's Basically, learning from my mistake there, and uh, you, it's know, hard you can
2: have a, like a 3 to 1 or a 5 to 1 mm. risk reward, and even get a 5 to 1 risk reward and think, oh, that's a fantastic trade, but if it goes up 10 or 15 times. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, it is it's hard, but these, these things are moving, really, with velocity at the moment. The mm. commodities really is the sector. I mean, just look at our market today. The market's up on fire today, mm. considering the weakness in the last two days in the States, and it's kind of, it's actually fueling other, 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 other areas of the market as well are getting held up here, so... Um, yeah, it's obviously good for Australian market, but um, but yeah, d- definitely quite, you know, I think there's some risk here, you know, if we, you know, interest rates go higher there, if we do get a little bit of a recession sort of wobbles here, then, mm. you know, you will see a bit of a cool off in that sector. So it's pretty hot there now. You can't go against the tide, it's running hot. But, um, but I know once that segment does cool, it can cool pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, those cyclicals you need to be re- really wary about, you know, not thinking it's going to keep coming back. I mean, Goldman Sachs now saying they've upped their estimates to a 35% plus chance of a recession in the States and things like so you kind of want to be selling when the going is good in those cyclicals and, and be shifting to something like, you know, the non cyclicals like health, for instance, on a 12 on a month sort of, on a 12 month outlook. So, yeah, yeah it, um, that'd be the same as what Gary's saying there, yeah. Okay, all right. Let's round it out with
0: Somerset Group. Um, Pam wanted to know about this one. It is the uh, the Kiwi um, Operator and Development of Retirement Villages, um, mainly concentrated in New Zealand. does have a stake, though, uh, in Australia. In fact, I think it's just begun construction on a site in Melbourne. And, um, well, Mark, I mean, we know this is a growth area. The population is ageing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. How well placed is Somerset Group then?
1: Uh, look, the more I looked into it, the more I, you know, they seem like a super solid business. Um, things, all, all the metrics are work, moving in the right direction. Um, they've got a lot of, they've got, they've started three new projects um, after COVID issues. Obviously they've started three new projects uh, in the last you know, month or so. They've got 13 already where, you know, in the works. Um, so expanding to Australia as well. I think they're, you know, they. They're much larger, I, I hadn't really heard too much about them to be honest, and they're at 2.5 billion market cap, so um, I was pretty surprised how low the dividend yield was. Um, but their you know, PE ratio compared to sectors is super low as well, so analyst ratings you know put them at you know, pretty cheap, I think the consensus target price is sort of 35% away from here. So. Um, They've got some really solid cornerstone investors. I mean, all all fairly um, good long-term funds as their as their main sh- um, shareholders. So, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't mind this overall. Um, I, I think it's as I would describe to clients it's probably just a, it's a good bit of boring to have in your portfolio. I'm um, pretty pretty happy to buy it. Probably down here. Obviously, it's been a, it's been a fair bit higher as well. So. Um, but you know, they're expanding, they're, they're doing all the right things, um, the, the numbers are moving in the right direction, you know, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't buy it down here at the moment. So it's a bit of a reopening play, I guess, in a way.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's a buy then.
2: Yeah. Gary? Yeah, similar to Mark, actually. I, when I saw this, I thought, someone said, Robert, what, what what is this? And then looked up the market cap, $2.4 billion. I Ooh. thought, why don't I know? Yeah, this company, and then uh, obviously looking looking it up, I thought oh, maybe it's it's done a name change or something. You know, maybe its company's changed, but no, it's just obviously a New Zealand company which mm. has just had a f- tremendous growth story. Um, and obviously now, obviously listed in Australia here, um, but yeah, it's just getting to a size and scale here. So it's actually they've just gone into Victoria, so that's um, been, been they were primarily just New Zealand. So um, but yeah, this this is actually a pretty interesting company to look at. So. Um, yeah, just yeah. I mean, I, I know this sort of home care, hospital care can be a tough segment. It has it's had its um, issues there um, around regulations and also the margins that are in this business can be a little tight and stuff there. But yeah, this looks pretty well placed. It's um, yeah, it looks looks like a great business. It looks like it's grown quite nicely. It's just for me, it's all about price here. So I thought maybe if it got down towards sort of ten dollars, there might be quite a good buy here. But I, you know, I think this actually looks like a pretty good business here. Yeah. Right, so, so you are willing to buy a yeah, little bit? Yeah, I'd some... be probably happy to buy here. I'd yep. be, I'm probably a little bit more choosy, like to get it you now a bit cheaper, but, okay. um, but I don't think you'll see it too much cheaper than from here. It actually looks quite good value.
1: Defensive stocks have been doing really well lately. They're yeah, outperforming. Yeah. I think the defensive stocks in the S&P are... Outperforming the index by eight to ten percent so far this well since January yeah. the first. So, it's a it's pretty defensive sector. So it's realistically, yeah. I think it's not it's it's not a bad choice at the moment. Okay. Got the
2: biggest land bank too, actually of, all, right. of the sector. So you know if you, um, if you think about property prices over the last uh, twelve to eighteen months, mm. can't tell me mm. their land bank is not worth a lot more than um, now. All
0: right, yeah. that is Somerset Group. One to take a look at, clearly. Oh, well, let's uh, sum up where we've been then. Uh, over the uh, last five stocks, we began there with uh, Megaport. Uh, Gary makes the point, doesn't make any money. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a growth stock. So no, also a no from Mark. In fact, he prefers NextDC. Uh, Hearts and Minds Investments um, it is an LIC. Uh, Mark's calling it emotional blackmail. Uh, and essentially a no from... Both Adairs, the furniture and the homewares retailer there. Uh, Gary saying, could be a buy. It looks fairly cheap at these levels. Um, Mark, similarly, he, he's considering it too, although he does prefer Nick Scarly. And uh, Bowen Coking Coal, uh, it is a fascinating area at the moment, just uh, given so much is at play. Uh, Mark saying, pretty lofty valuations. He'd have a trailing stop on. It's got a hold. Prefers Whitehaven, as does Gary although he's essentially saying too much risk. So they are they would hold it if you, if you own it. And uh, finally, their Somerset Group. It is the New Zealand uh, operator and developer of Retirement Villages. Both have a buy on it. Um, well, Mark sums it up saying it's a good bit of boring. That's fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, thank our guests. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining us from Macro. Cheers. And Gary from Novus. Thanks, Andrew. All right. And that is our show today. Any stocks you'd like to cover, flick us an email at thecall at ausbiz.com.au. You can tweet us also at osbiztv. And a reminder where to find those stocks we have in the Calls Portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. <laughs>